Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the only show that goes back in time to Steeler yesteryear to celebrate something awesome or just something memorable in Pittsburgh Steelers lore. I am your pilot for the BTSC DeLorean. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. My co-pilot with me is Tony Defio. In fact, He's probably a better driver than I am. Tony, what is going on? Good to be with you, Brian, as always. And uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about this year. It was the, the year the Steelers finally made it back to the playoffs after a, a, a two-year uh, absence. It, it was a fun year. Yeah, yeah yes, it is. And uh, this week, the Steelers are getting ready to play the Tennessee Titans. Again, allegedly, hopefully, going into week seven, so we figured let's go back in time to the Steelers against the Titans. And there were a lot of uh, there were a lot of games that you don't want to remember in that series, but I got to tell you, let's remember one Tony from the not so distant past. So let's go ahead. Let's go back to a time in our BTSC Black and Gold DeLorean. Let's go to a time when chocolate makers were warning of an upcoming shortage you were probably you were probably really worried about that weren't you tony because i was i love my chocolate i i i I, if if i could if i could i would i would eat it every day but obviously i can't (laughs) but (laughs) what's your favorite chocolate Oh, uh, 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 dark chocolate. I love it. I think for some reason it, it, it's not as, it's not as uh, filling as the, as the other stuff. I love it all. I, I just don't like white chocolate. I'm, I'm not a white chocolate guy. Now my wife uh, has family from England. So she thinks English chocolate is better than Hershey's, which I mean, it's all good. I'm still a Hershey's mm-hmm. guy. I love me some Hershey's. I live only about an hour away from Hershey's. It's not hard for me to get up there and go a little crazy, Tony. Um, I got to tell you, it was also a time when President Obama was dealing with criticism of his Obamacare. Dumb and Dumberer 2, for some odd reason, was number one at the box office. That movie was was horrendous. I got to tell you, oh. uh, yeah, you know, that's called jumping the shark and then going back to jump over it again. Uh, leave leave the great one from 1994 alone. Um, don't do that. Don't do that ever again. Um ugh. Gosh, did you like that movie? The second one? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. I thought it was awful. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. I, I think uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure—they're going to find out the same thing. Just uh, leave well enough alone. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I haven't seen the third one of Bill and Ted there, but it goes back to when I was in high school when the original came out, and oh, that was amazing. Uh, so you know what, music listeners, we're not turning off Taylor Swift's "Shake It Off." Shake, shake, shake it off, shake it off. Tony, I know you you sing that around your apartment, don't you? Well, I'm not even, it's not even for effect either. I'm not even lying. I'm 48 <laughs> years old and I'm a very big Taylor Swift fan. I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, afraid to say it either. I think she's a very talented artist. Awesome, Tony. I, I love it. Do you have a Taylor Swift t-shirt? Uh, I can't confirm or deny that. <laughs> I love it. Meanwhile, when all those things were going on, the Steelers were six and four. They came off of a debilitating loss to Michael Vick and the New York Jets. 
But in the two previous weeks were some great days for the Steelers. Ben had 12 touchdown passes versus zero interceptions. I was at one of those games against the Indianapolis Colts at Heinz Field the very next week on Sunday Night Football. Ben did it again. He had six and six, six this time against the hated Baltimore Ravens. Ben was on fire, and then they had that, that bad loss to the Jets, who were awful at the time. Steelers were still fighting for a playoff berth. You know, you're talking uh, 10 games in at this point. The trip to take on the 2-8 and Titans was still very crucial for this team because they had, they had suffered some letdowns, especially that year. They lost to Tampa Bay and Mike Lennon that year, Tony, um, against lesser teams. So what were your thoughts going into this game for the Steelers? It's a game they needed, right? Uh, it was a, it was a must win. That's I mean, there, Tomlin had, you know, he's always been criticized for for those those kind of losses. I think his record at, at that point against uh, teams with uh, like a 250 winning percentage was like one in eight or something something uh, very bad like that. And you mentioned Tampa Bay and and uh, that that lost to the jets after they after they got back on a roll after, after a shaky start to the season that was uh that one really hurt them and, and it put their uh playoff uh their playoff uh li- lives in, in jeopardy heading into week week 11 absolutely and i was watching this uh with bated breath you know because they have not always played well against the tennessee titans tennessee titans had a uh a very familiar coach to uh to the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, not at the time, but who would become very familiar. And his name was Mike Munchak. Yeah, I tell you what, it was uh, interesting to watch him on the sidelines again, wearing that light blue. I, I just remember him as probably uh, a lot of people, their favorite uh, assist, one of their favorite assistant coaches of all time in Pittsburgh. So let's start off this game, Tony. The Steelers' initial drive, Le'Veon Bell did all of the heavy lift, lifting. He was just a second-year player at the time. He had 35 yards on six carries in that opening drive. But then the series stalled on the 31-yard line, and in comes number six. We're talking, we're talking about a Canadian player right now in Pittsburgh with rookie hmm. Chase Claypool, but another Canadian came in by the name of? Sean Sweesom. He came in and he, he, he nailed a field goal from 49 yards away, and and. Uh, Shreesham, he was fantastic during his career here between the, uh, 40 and 49 yards away. I think he, he was almost perfect. So uh, it was no surprise that he, that he uh, got the Steelers off to such a good start. So they kicked the ball off. And after the touchback, a play by two future Steelers resulted in more Pittsburgh points. Future Steelers, you might ask? Yes. Zach Mettenberger and second-year man Justin Hunter. Now, Mettenberger was a rookie. He was with the Steelers for a little bit. Uh, Justin Hunter, just a few years ago, was a free agent pickup. Uh, didn't do entirely too much in Pittsburgh. I believe that was 2018 when he came in, Tony. Yeah, he was supposed to be the deep threat, uh, and that really never uh, never materialized. He really didn't do a whole heck of a lot when he was here. And Hunter was actually selected before Mr. Le'Veon Bell, before the juice, in the, the year before, in that 2013 draft, he was a second-round pick and was a higher draft pick than Le'Veon. Um, so what happened? These two, they tried to team up for a completion on first down. But big play, Willie Gay, number 22, 
holder of what record actually co-holder of what record in Pittsburgh, Tony, the, the most defensive touchdowns. And, and he was in the throes of, of five consecutive interceptions that he took home. They took back to the house for a touchdown. This was uh, this spanned from 2013 to 2015. And, and uh, uh, he, his instincts were, were, were right on the money on this one. He took it back 28 yards to make it 10, nothing. Yeah, he sauntered into the uh, enemy end zone just like that, uh, tied with Rod Woodson all, all time. So that that's great company, a great Pittsburgh Steelers record for uh, big play Willie Gay, number 22. Just like that, Tony, the score's 10 nothing in favor of the Steelers. You know, you're thinking, all right, that Jets loss was an aberration. Don't worry about it, right? Yeah, I mean, the Steelers have always done really well on Monday night football and, and, and you figured they're not going to, they're not going to uh, fall to a, a, a very bad football team two weeks in a row. So you were feeling pretty good at that point in the game. Oh yeah. I was overconfident and to quote Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, because here you go. Mettenberger and the Titans would regroup right away. You had Mettenberger, Roethlisberger, a battle of the burgers. Um, in only five plays, wide receiver Kendall Wright, running back Bishop Sankey, and Bryce McCain's face mask penalty. Remember Bryce McCain, Tony? Yeah, he was one of those uh, uh, one-hit wonders for them from their secondary. They, they brought him in, and, and he, he, he did a lot of heavy lifting from them in that secondary. He, he made a difference for them because that, uh, that was the time when the secondary was struggling. So, he, yeah, he was a, he was a nice uh, role player for a year. He had more positive impact than negative impact, but he had negative impact on this drive because all three of those things that I just mentioned, they contributed to the Titans' first touchdown. Sankey had a a touchdown from nine yards away. The Steelers' lead was cut to three, and the score now is 10-7 to in favor of the Titans, Tony. Actually, in favor of the Steelers, but the Titans were coming on, and they were making their presence felt at home your thoughts is this just eh, you know they're uh they're making making their way back in they're the home team or your thoughts like oh we've seen this movie before this year we're taking the Steelers are taking the enemy way too lightly they're playing down to their competition yeah that's 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 exactly what I was thinking and I and I was also thinking that they better they better answer this right back because they they, they don't want to get let the uh the home team on national television in front uh, get back in the game and, and, and think that they can win it. That's the last thing you want a team with a record that the Titans had at that point. I think they were two and eight coming into the game. You don't want to think you don't want them thinking that they have a chance to win. Will they do just that, Tony? We will find out right after this. When we come back from this word from our sponsor on the Pittsburgh Steelers retro show from behind the steel curtain.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Alongside me is Tony Defio. We are from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are the Steeler Retro Show as we go back in time in our black and gold DeLorean. 
We set our sights on 2014, just six years ago, as we check out the Steelers and a very important game for a six and four team against the Tennessee Titans with the Tennessee Titans coming up this week, just six days away in 2020. It's a big deal. So we're going to go back and we're going to talk about the Titans and the Steelers and it's 10 to seven at this point. And you said, you know, the scoring is going to need to continue for the Steelers. And it did on the next drive. In fact, it happened on the next two drives behind the running of bell and passes from Ben Roethlisberger to Martavis Bryant, Heath Miller, and Antonio Brown. The Steelers reached the Titans five yard line and they called on the Canadian kicker again, Sean Sweezum for how many yards? A 23-yard field goal. If he can make it from 49, 23 is a breeze, and he did just that. So, my man, they've got the lead again. They never lost the lead, but it's 13-7, to and you're thinking, yeah, no problem. They could probably run away with this, but the Titans weren't done. They scored again, didn't they, Tony? Uh, yeah, they, they drove nine yards – or, I'm sorry, 58 yards on nine plays, and uh, – Probably one of the uh, unsung enemies in, in, in recent Steelers sports lore, uh, Ryan Suckup came on to kick a 20-yard field goal to make it 13-10. Yeah, Suckup was the enemy from his rookie season in 2013 when he missed a field goal for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs were, uh, were taking that game a little too lightly. They were already in the playoffs. Like Andy Reid likes to sit everybody and their brother down. And in fact, I think he asked me to play in uh, one of those playoff <laughs> games last year because he just he's one of those guys that he sits everybody. And if you're trying to get in, he doesn't care about any other team, which, you know, I, I get it, but he didn't start anybody. The Chiefs still almost won that game. The Chargers made the playoffs. The Steelers did not. So everybody hated Ryan Suckup for that because he missed that field goal which would have given the Steelers a playoff berth in 2013. And they were coming on strong in 2013. This is the very next year. And here comes Ryan Suckup with a 20 yard boot. Next thing you know, it's only 13 to 10 with 11, 13 left in the second quarter on that drive. Sean green, Dexter McCluster. And once again, Mr. Wright got them into position to take that lead. Will Allen and Mike Mitchell stop them from going into the end zone on that drive? So they settled for that field goal once again, 13 to 10. After both teams went three and out, here comes Big Ben Roethlisberger taking his team on a long drive that spanned nearly seven minutes of that second quarter. From the, tw- from the Titans' 19-yard line, Ben looked for A.B. across the middle, but instead of a TD to make the score 20 to 10 at the half, Jason McCourty picked off the pass for a touchback. And next thing you know, it's the Titans with the ball again. On the very next play with 35 seconds left in the half, Mettenberger found a former Steeler, a former Steeler Super Bowl participant and a two-time champion for the Steelers by the name of... Nate the Great Washington, who... who fooled Willie Gay who was trying to eat again on on, the, uh, on one of those pick sixes he bit hard on the on a on a double move and, and Nate Washington there was no there was no deep help he was he was wide open and he, and he took it uh, 80 yards for a score to make it to make it 17 13 so just like just when you thought it was going to be 20 to 10 at the half 
Steelers, they're, they're, they find themselves down by four. 17 to 13 in halftime. That, that was brutal. Nate Washington, I always mess this up. What college did he go to, Tony? Tessin College. Am I right? Tiffin? Did you Tiffin, say I'm sorry. Tiffin. I said Tessin. Uh, well, darn see, it. I always say Tusculum, and that's where Ricardo <laughs> Coakley went. And it's Tiffin. And those guys came into the uh, league right around the same time. So I always, uh, so you combined the two. So that's not bad. Tuscan yeah, well, and Tiffin. So you, you might have been wrong, but at least yours was a real college. Mine was a my, mine was apparently fictional. So, <laughs> but Tony, you are not the weakest link, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Let's start the third quarter, my man. Both teams punted the ball away on the second drive of the half. The music club struck again after an eleven play drive, concluding with a Mettenberg scoring strike to tight end Chase Kaufman. I barely remember Chase Kaufman, um, but with the tally now 24 to 13, Mike Tomlin's team's in trouble. What are you thinking here, Tony? It's 24 to 13. This is a primetime game, Monday night football. People in the people at home are going crazy. They're, they're going nuts. The Steelers are about to w- lose to a team with two losses for the second week in a row. What's going through your black and gold mind? Oh, well, uh, there was only 348 left in the third quarter. And as you said, down by 11 points. And uh, after that Jets debacle and after missing the playoffs the, the last two years, I'm thinking, here we go again. They're, they're, they're going to have a, a, a late season collapse and they're, and they're going to they're going to miss the playoffs for the third. Not only are they going to lose this game, but they're going to miss the playoffs for the third year in a row. That's, that's what was going through my mind at that point, because they would have been six and five and in, in pretty deep trouble with five games to go. Yeah, they were, but you could not question the heart beating in the chest of Le'Veon Bell at that time. And Le'Veon Bell came up big in this game. Mike Tallman's club was definitely in trouble, but they answered the Titans when they got that ball back. Bell ran for 52 yards on the drive. That included a five-yard TD romp that Wiz and Hunt would go ahead and challenge and lose. Juice's score made it 24 to 20 at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Tony, they were still losing, but what are your thoughts here? Are you feeling that uh, Bell's getting, getting things going and he might be able to carry this team to victory? Yeah, I was feeling much better after that score because it, 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 it occurred very early in, in, in the fourth quarter. So there was, more than enough time to, uh, to come back and take the lead. And this was, this is probably the, the height of Le'Veon Bell's powers at this point, uh, 2014. It was the second season. And this is the year that, that he was all the, the, the Mr. Everything for, for the Steelers offense. And he would eventually go on to, to tally over 2000 yards from scrimmage. So uh, uh, I, I was feeling a lot, a lot better at this point with 20, 20, 24 to 20 with uh, almost a, a full quarter to play. Well, the Steelers needed the killer bees to come alive, but before they did that, they needed to have the defense to just stop the Titans, and that's exactly what happened. The defense rose up with Vince Williams, James Debo Harrison, Will Allen, and Cam Hayward to force a three and out. Then here come those killer bees, and how good were they here, Tony? They were really good on this drive. Big Ben was involved in this as well, with 901 left in the contest, number seven found who? 
The one and only Antonio Brown. Speaking of somebody at the height of his powers, he was right in the middle of, of arguably the greatest run in, 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 in history for a wide receiver. And, 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 and uh, he caught a 12-yard touchdown to make it to make it uh, 27-24 with, with uh, 658. I'm sorry, 907 left to go in the game. Yes, indeed, he did. Even though the clock had not quite surpassed 12 o'clock, it was starting to strike midnight on the glass slipper of the Titans. That glass slipper was smashed into tiny pieces when Mike Mitchell and Jason Worlds combined for a tackle of Darian Hagan on third down. Tennessee could only amass 16 yards in 202 and was forced to punt again. So the Steelers take over with 658 left into the Nashville night, and they're ready to uh, just put the women and children to bed and go looking for dinner. Aren't they Tony? Yeah. The, the Titans definitely needed to stop the Steelers here to, to get, have at least one more chance to, to get back in the game, but the, Pittsburgh would have no, none of it. Bell took over and they essentially uh, ran out the, the last seven minutes of the game. How did they do that? Tony with 50 yards by bell on that drive alone, he had a couple drives with 50 plus yards, another drive with 30 some, the opening drive. Pittsburgh ran out that clock. They escaped with the win. Bell ended the night with 204 yards on the ground, while Brown, nine catches for 91 yards. And not to be outdone, Heath Miller, he pitched in as well. What did he have on the night? I don't know. Why don't you uh, paint that picture for me? I, I, don't, I don't have those numbers for you, Brian. Five catches for 71 yards, Tony. Uh, all that, those guys were uh, leading the way in, on the offense. But the following day, another key stat line dominated the headlines. And that stat line was zero yards on zero attempts. Who was that stat line attributed to, Tony? And why was this so important? for the Pittsburgh Steelers 2014 season. That was attributed to one LeGarrette Blunt, who the Steelers signed that offseason to be the, the primary backup to Bell because they, 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 they needed a veteran to, to back up the, the, the youngster. And it was funny, uh, right, right, right when, when Bell scored his touchdown at the beginning of the fourth quarter, him and, him and Bell, who were pretty tight that year, Blunt and Bell, they celebrated together. So you didn't think there was anything, anything wrong, but, but, uh, uh, since since Blunt had such a uh, little influence on this game, he he left the field with about a minute or so left, and uh, uh, the Steelers ultimately had to had to had to cut him for uh, for being a poor teammate. Yep. Now number twenty seven, he celebrated with Bell earlier on a mock selfie, but when his team was draining the clock, he was angry, and he he just left the field. Complete insubordination. As for me, I was puzzled by Blunt's exclusion from the game plan, but I agreed with his team for releasing him. He was a problem in a locker room, and guys like Brett Kiesel were saying they were go, went to Mike Tomlin and said, "Release this guy. He's a problem in the locker room." And when you hear from your your veterans saying that, and we've seen that along the we saw that in the NFL this year with the Earl Thomas situation in Baltimore, where the players went to um, John Harbaugh and said, you got to get rid of this guy. He's a problem. He is uh, going against everything we're trying to do here. So they did get, get rid of him. I changed my uh, tune regarding Blunt. Well, I, you know, I really, I still disagree with the negative attitude and his insubordination. 
I kind of feel like the Steelers mismanaged his carries that year. And that's always been a problem for me because he was brought in, brought in as a free agent. He's brought in not to sit on the bench. When he played that year, I remember week three against Carolina, Tony, he was magic. He had some great runs as well. Blunt helped a team win the Super Bowl that year, but it wasn't the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was the New England Patriots, and, and, and they gained a, a very valuable running back for their, for their Super Bowl run, and the Steelers headed into the playoffs without their, their bell cow running back and, and Le'Veon Bell, who, who got hurt in the fourth quarter of Week 17 game, a very important game against the Bengals. It was for the division title, so they didn't have him for the playoffs. So the guy that they brought in to be the primary backup and the guy that could have made a big difference in the playoffs for them was winning a Super Bowl with those hated New England Patriots. So Mike Tomlin was essentially uh, between a rock and a hard place because, as you said, Blunt was such a, a bad influence in that locker room but he was also a very valuable guy to have on the team as a, as a backup, and he, they didn't have him for the playoffs. Yeah, you, you really can't win in that situation. They had – I just felt like if they would have made him more of a part of the, of the team and not running the wheels off of Le'Veon Bell, that they may, have, uh, they may have gone farther in the playoffs. They lost in the wild card game to the Baltimore Ravens at home because they had Ben Tate, who they signed just two days before that game at running back. It, it was just a bad situation. They, they had nothing else, nowhere to go. There was no way they were going to win that game. And it was, they would have done a lot better, I think, if LeGarrett Blunt was on the team. So I think if you handle that situation better, you're going to, uh, you're going to have a player that uh, sticks around for the whole year. I still don't agree with uh, Blunt as well. It just was a bad situation all around, Tony. Yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, you know, Bell was doing so 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 good that year. He was such a big part of their offense. I mean, he was he was their whole offense at one point, especially heading down the stretch of the season. And uh, to to lose him on the eve of the playoffs, I mean, it's hard it's hard to to make up for that. It's hard to come back from that. And and especially when you don't have a, a legit backup and, and, and they didn't, as you, as you mentioned, they signed a, a guy off the street to be their primary ball carrier in the playoffs. And it just was not a good, a, a good sight at all that night at, at uh, Heinz field. But the bottom line to the whole thing, I went to bed feeling great. I did not know about the uh, Legarrett Blunt situation, 204 yards from Le'Veon Bell. I'm thinking this team is going to go to the playoffs they're going to do some damage as well. They went to the playoffs. They did not. But for that night, I remember this as a fantastic game for me to go back in time to with you, Tony. Yeah, it was, it was a fun night. And, and, and it would ultimately turn out to be a, a very important win for them because, because they, they needed every last win to, to, to secure the AFC uh, North and the number three seed in the playoffs. So, if they don't get this game, not only do they not win a division, but they may not even make the playoffs. Absolutely, Tony. Thank you so much. It's great to have you to go back in time with and remember these games because you and I, we watch these games in the absolute same way. And it, it's like uh, it's like Dave and Chainsaw in Summer School where we share the same brains. If you remember the great Summer School movie from 1987 starring the awesome Mark Harmon from NCIS. Ah, yes. Very, very, very much 
I absolutely agree with you. We were born around the same time. We've probably started watching around the same time and we have a lot of the same memories. Absolutely. So thanks, Tony, for going back in time. Thank you, BTSC. Next week, we're going to check out a game when the Steelers getting ready to take on the Baltimore Ravens. We're going to go get a little black and purple on, but black and gold, I'm going to, spoiler, I think they're going to win. <laughs> I I can't wait. I'm looking forward to watching that game with you, uh, or t- I'm sorry, talking about that game with you next week. I, 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 I That was a magical night for sure. Absolutely. So for Tony Defio, my name is Brian Davis, Brian Anthony Davis. You could call me bad. I don't care where we go, but sometimes we got to go back in time. We'll see you. Okay. That was pretty good. Thanks for carrying me in that one. I didn't carry you at all. You were great. I mean, there was one thing you didn't know. He, I should have wrote that down. I did write down that he had some big catches during some one of the tries, but I think I didn't get the total. I, of- I was I was thinking that uh, you did PFF, so I mean, it doesn't matter. It's it's a good show, and the show's getting ratings. So speaking of which, I got to get uh, the Miami game up and running. I've got a I forgot to write write the thing for that, so I'm going to get that on. But thank you for everything. I right, thank you, man. You have a great week. You too, buddy. Bye. Bye bye.